Hi folks, hope all is well. This is Jim Carroll saying hello and welcome you to the latest Bantercast, the weekly podcast from the team behind the Banter series of talks and events. At Banter, we put on events in spaces and venues of all shapes and sizes up and down the country. We invite a range of interesting people to come along to tell stories, talk about their lives and discuss various topics and themes. We then record what happens in the room and then we podcast the results. On Easter Monday last, we took part in the nationwide Krillinokoska event with a series of Banters in Dublin Castle in association with RTE. In this one, we're all about the demon drink, as we're joined by Tara Flynn, actress, comedian and writer, Dave Lord, writer, poet and dramatist, and Derek O'Connor, RT.ie culture editor, to talk about the part which drink plays in Irish culture, what the depiction of alcohol tells us about ourselves, and the relationship between drink and the arts informs and influences a dependency culture when it comes to sponsorship and funding. Hi folks, welcome along to um, banter number three here with Krinu Nikoska. My name is Jim Carroll. Right now it's a panel called The Demon Drink. And uh, I'm curious as to why people are here today, what they expect. So we're, 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 we're just kind of going like, okay, this, this could be interesting. So basically, it's basically about the Irish culture and arts relationship with drink and like, I mean, how it manifests itself in terms of like, I mean, plays, in terms of films, TV series, uh, writings, poetry, whatever. So I've got three fine panelists here today to talk about this. Uh, at the far end, we have Tara Flynn. She's a, a writer, uh, actress, and comedian. Thanks very much for coming yeah, along. Thanks for having me. Uh, we've got Derek O'Connor. Derek uh, is the editor of RT.ie's Culture Science, so it's good to have him as well. Thank you, Derek. Thanks, and we have Dave Lord, finally, who is a writer, poet, uh, teacher, educator, and what else am I leaving out? To keep the plate spinning. Keep, keep, keep the plate spinning. Juggler extraordinaire. So please give them a warm round of applause. There's something I've kind of noticed uh, about this panel that more completely by accident, not by design, is that like you're looking at kind of four non-drinkers. Uh, but te- I'm sort of a te- temporary non-drinker. Temporary non-drinker. Yeah. Temporary non-drinker. But like yeah. I, I, I think it, 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 it's very interesting the Irish people's kind of relationship with drink. There was I'm not going to name the radio show, but like I was asked to go on to talk about this panel last week on a on a. Archie radio show, and I remember I was talking to the producer, and she had the wrong ends of the stick completely about the panel, but anyway, let that aside, and she was amazed when I said I didn't drink, absolutely aghast, like, and she was, and suddenly it became an inquisition, why don't you drink? Like, why would you, <laughs> when, when did you start not drinking? And yeah. it's like, I mean, I was kind of going like, whoa, hold the horses here now. Like, you know, it, it, it just kind of struck me that, like, it was a good jumping off point for this panel. That, like, yeah. me, and we were talking earlier on, Dave, Tara, and myself, about this, you know, like, you, th- you put it down to a generational thing. Yeah, I think it is. A lot of the, the younger, the much younger people I know, people sort of under 30, they, they go out for tea a lot more. They, you know, there's a much more of a donut culture than there has been a drinking <laughs> culture. <laughs> and I find that when you say you're not drinking, or like, I, I've not been drinking at all this year maybe I've had maybe two drinks this year because I've been working on a lot of stuff and I just find my productivity goes like that if I don't drink because I'm not dealing with hangovers and I'm going going out less because here it's not just why aren't you drinking I think when you say you're not it's how are you doing that <laughs> because it's so enmeshed with how we all socialize culturally in this country and because I've got an American at home in the house <laughs> married to him um, and he's kind of like I'm just gonna I'm, I wasn't gonna have any beers tonight and I'm going but we're going out and it's been being around him a bit more has really made me go wait a second it's just something we do without even thinking yeah. here yeah very good 
Dean, Dave, would you agree with that? I mean, you, you, you also kind of like, you, you, you made some kind of points earlier on as well about that generational thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I kind of feel I've straddled two generations because I guess when I uh, look back uh, where, where I grew up in West Cork, like, there's a very close association between, you know, drinking music and sing song, which would be kind of the arts down there, you know. Uh, the, the annual competition is called pub singing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's the major acting, and there's beautiful singing goes on, and, uh, and fair play to them. So lo I think local pubs play quite a good role, actually, in terms of that kind of stuff, you know. But uh, I, and now I was at an event last night, and I was saying at the event last night, I started performing when, in the 1980s, you know, and uh, now it's the late noughties, uh, and it's like being in some sort of different dimension, floating at the different poetry events, and, you know, seeing how they change. There was a good hundred young people there last night. Uh, I'd say about half were drinking, the other half, the ha other half weren't. Uh, none of them were drunk. They had a great time. The dancing was as good as anything you'd see in, uh, you know, Clonic Hilti on New Year's Eve at four o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? So it's not like they weren't enjoying themselves. They were really enjoying themselves, you know. And the MC, and again, this is unusual because, you know, I was involved in the spoken word thing in Dublin in the early noughties, like, and, you know, the MCs uh, and a lot of the poets, like, you know, there was a lot of drinking done and stuff like that. The MC last night, he's, he's teaching a meditation class at seven o'clock this morning, you know. Uh, so there's a cultural change, and there's a huge change from when Anthony Cronin wrote about dead as doornails, when, you know, like everybody else in the country, Patrick Cavanagh and Brendan Blee and so on seem to have been paid in the pub, you know what I mean? And there was a huge culture of alcoholism in Ireland that that infected the writer, and I think we grew up associating writers with drink, and that's not true. I literally don't know any writers who claim that drink, you know, I know quite a few who had to stop you know what I mean? It's yeah. like Keep with, going. With, yeah. with deadlines yeah. and, and all the things oh, that we all work to, yeah. I don't know how yeah. people could be, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that out of it a lot of the time. Maybe it's a more competitive world now. I don't know yeah. quite what oh, facilitated definitely. that. Definitely yeah. the business arts thing now is, I mean, the arts and, uh, has gone, you know, as we all know, more professional, more business, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I mean, if you turned up like they used to turn up in the 70s and 80s to port readings, and I do remember it, you know what I mean? I do remember people turning up absolutely langers. You wouldn't be letting in the door now. Well, you know what I, mean? so, yeah. I used to run a art centre many years ago yeah. in Donegal. Yeah. And Taryn Devere was asking for it, actually. She, oh, she, yeah. Taryn. Yeah. And, uh, but it's like it was, again, it was a social lubricant. It yeah. drove the proceedings. Sure. So it's just yeah. about launches and it's just ar sure. artist versus yeah. piss artist. And yeah. you'd go to like somewhere like Galway where people just go for 10 years to kind of sort of, you know, live, live a life and, yeah. and pursue it. And that's what it was. It was vocational, you sure. know. But as you saying, the differences with the someone being amazed that you're not drinking, that in a lot of people tends to bring out a kind of a reflexive defensiveness a yeah. lot of the time, which is like, so you don't drink, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I drink, I'm okay with it, and very quickly goes, well, I, I drink. And then if you're in a pub situation, and heavens forbid you're in a pub and you're not drinking and you're out with a bunch of people, if you stay out long enough by 11 o'clock, it's like, well, you, I, 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 I drink and I, I, I go, go screw yourself. Do you know what I mean? It very quickly becomes like, well, I, I can, you know. So there is a kind of a thing where people in those situations are uncomfortable around people who don't because yeah. there's a kind of a vulnerability yeah. that goes with that because you're not on the buzz, sure. you know? Yeah. And it is for, like, I still live in Donegal and yeah. probably stopped engaging in that kind of what I would call Donegal drinking sure. uh, 10 years ago, yeah. that kind of black Irish drinking, I would always, you know, call it, um, where you're just all in the pub and at a certain point somebody bursts into tears and they go, oh, I'd be grand and continue with the evening. But it does essentially evaporate your, that was our social life, gone because there's no meeting people halfway, because it is, yeah. particularly in rural situations, which is how you get people like that uh, buffoon, uh, Healy Ray, you know. Certain southern politicians. Certain 
buffoon called Michael Healy Ray um, just saying, Asher, what's the, what's the harm in it? Sure, there's as many people killed by branches in Ireland <laughs> as by drink, which is, as we know... Yeah. We've so all seen we really an alligator. Gotta, yeah. We've got to really tackle the branches. Yeah. But, but do you know what I mean? So we have such a... It's such a complicated uh, relationship we have with drink, because it's kind of the Irish conversation. And exactly. the Irish thing is big, because I remember Colin McPherson years ago, who was someone who would himself say he nearly drank himself to death quite young after the, his initial burst of success. He went mad in the drink, as sure. you would say. And he said, I, remember in, I always remember this in an interview years ago, that in Ireland, the, the alcoholic's the person who's not drinking because they're the person with the problem with drink, you know? And I think that still, to some degree, stands. Yeah. It has shifted a little bit, I think, because yeah, it's, it's definitely... Uh, it, it, this last sort of three, four months where I haven't been drinking and just been sort of saying it, because, you know, it, when I've done that in the past and I think, you know, everyone who has drunk has taken some time off for your health or whatever it is, but I've had to have my thing prepped, like, here's why, and let's not go into it, and, you know, mm. uh, here's my, and it's for a set amount of time. And, but, but now it's sort of, you don't have to justify it as much. There are way more people, especially involved in the arts, which is mm -hmm. where we work, yeah. but that they do understand that. Like we say, they're working to deadlines or whatever. I did stand-up for 10 years. I've worked around comedy for a very long time. And it used to be people, particularly stand-ups, going up on their own, someone who wasn't in a group, they would often drink before going on stage. Mm -hmm. Now it is so rare to see someone going on, not taking their, the work seriously, you know, d dissing the work by having a drink before going on and doing yep. their set. Yeah. Now it's like, I've got an audience that I'm going to serve. And I think it is sort of more, this is a, this is a job. The separation of, so it's not going off to drink for 10 years and find your, your artistic yeah. being. It's like that the work is central and then people might have a drink after. But you, people don't drink and do the work anymore, which is, that, that was not like it was when yeah. I started. And that has definitely changed. Yeah, let's, let's, let's turn to the actual work itself, though. You know what I mean? And, and the place of kind of alcohol, and particularly pubs, in all aspects of kind of Irish culture. You know, I, I, it, it's funny, I, I, last week I was reminded of this, I was out in RT and I cycled past the, the set of Fair City, you know, and, and Fair City does a pub. Every soap opera has to have a pub. Mm -hmm. It's a neutral space. It's a, it's, a, it's a narrative device. But, like, I mean, pubs come up in so much things to do with Irish culture. You mentioned there about Andy Kroll and that poet and I was reading the piece by, ba by John Banville about like that sure. bag of hopia and it was, again it was being it was kind of like having a, hanging yeah. out at the pubs the pub again was part yeah. of it and like that again you talked there about like I mean Conor McPherson and, and Weir was set in a bloody pub mm -hmm. so like I mean our, it, it, again is this a generational thing or is this going to be something we're always going to have yeah I think generational and cultural you know um just for the crack this morning, I, I, I looked in the index of uh, Vassery's Lives of the Artists. I think it was published around 1550 or something like that, and it's a real major textbook for art history, right? There's no mention of alcohol in it, and there's 500 famous Renaissance artists. Like, it doesn't come up, you know? Uh, and the more I think about it, they don't associate alcohol with art uh, in Arabic cultures, obviously, you know, uh, one of the you know, most interesting poetic cultures, for example, in the world. Uh, you don't, well, I lived in Italy for a long time, there's no association between yeah. literature and drinking. So I think we are in a very, I think it's a very particular post-war culture in Ireland, where in the 50s and the 60s, if the rate of population decline had continued to say, at what it was, we would have like minus three million people living in Ireland now. You know, it was a very depressed place, right? And alcohol infused the culture and I think for some reason we got it fused in our minds that the Irish writer, and I can only really talk as a writer, was associated with drink, but Yeats didn't drink, right? 
Jonathan Swift, as far as I know, is not associated with alcohol. I mean, you know, there's so many more writers not associated with alcohol that I find it interesting that we actually associate. We're, yeah. we're not actually looking at Irish writing. There's something else we're looking at, I think, you know, uh, is influencing us there. Uh, I, I, Brendan Kennelly, I was very lucky to be taught by Brendan Kennelly uh, years ago. And we asked him about drink. I was in there with a lot of other young people, and he'd given up drink. You know, he had to give up drink. And we asked him, did it help his creativity? You know, and he's one of the most creative men in the country, you know, obviously, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and he said, no, never wrote a word of sense. He said he wrote an awful lot of rubbish and nonsense and everything else, right? <laughs> and crap, and he thought it was brilliant, right? Uh, and Mary Cochran will tell you the same thing, yeah. right? And, mm -hmm. uh, and Christy Moore will tell you the same thing. That, and for me, I mean, Christy and Mary would be my, probably my two favorite artists in the country. So, you know, it's kind of people like that that I would take my, you know, lead mm -hmm. from on it, like, you know, so... Yeah, I think it, we, we had a dangerous association with alcohol and drink. I was at a festival down in Dublin a few weeks ago, and a young fellow mad drunk, and he was telling me that he can only write when he's drinking, you know? And I was saying, no, 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 that's alcoholism, I said, you know what I mean? Like, so you've got to deal with that before you're going yeah, to be a writer, yeah, right? yeah. you know? So I, I think when people get it into their head that, that creativity and alcohol are related, it's very dangerous, yeah. you know? But that's, uh, but yeah. that's, little, but that's the great yeah. mythology, yeah. and like even Brendan Bean, if you look at the you know, output versus input in terms of, you know, exactly. amount of beer consumed exactly. versus what he actually produced. And, 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 and written in jail. Written in jail yeah. and plays like the, the hostage yeah. pulled together in the rehearsal room. You know what I mean? So there's like this tiny little fragments of genius sure. out of which this monumental genius was able to scrape together sure. a career before he popped off. And then you go to McDade's and there's a big, you know, portrait of Brendan hanging in one of the corners of the pub he was barred in out of the last 10 years of his life, you know? So, and I think in a lot of cases, People are much happier to deal with the mythology. People are happy yeah. to deal with, you know, um, you know, uh, dead Brendan Bean than they were with because they don't have to borrow him anymore. You know, and similarly like Flann O'Brien for the genius of Flann, and I think he manages to get to the heart of the surrealism of Irish culture. Never mind Irish pub culture, but it's in few, like the the brother of those, you know, like all the. He was again a genius, but my God, he was a as a man. He was, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's a casualty, you know. It's curious, it's curious what you said. I was just thinking about Tara, what you said earlier on there about like I mean comedians on that on that circuit, you know, and, and the kind of like you know having to have a drink before they go on stage, you know, like because they're by themselves or whatever, you know. Do you think that also kind of feeds into the work? Because I mean, like I mean, we look at kind of like our, like look at the work of kind of comedians, you know, and it's like some of it is, it's it's quite that they're pulling it, they're pulling out of certain things in their, in their own life. They're put, like pulling out of anxieties. They're they're examining parts of our society that many people won't examine. Maybe they do need a drink to do that. Well, there is that myth of the. the the tragic clown that all comedians are are depressed uh, or or very somber off stage it's true of some like in any business there are some people who are very depressed and but they still manage to get through that set or whatever and um, i think it's more that that thing of, of all artists have sought a, that sort of gateway i think you know like the beatles going off to you know, doing all all amounts of lsd and getting rid of inhibitions, that we all seek that, and there are certain barriers to getting up on a stage or making yourself raw or vulnerable in any way, like mm -hmm. you know, sending in a draft to an editor, whatever it is, we're all vulnerable at a certain point. And alcohol can help you feel like the Dutch courage, that you, f you get a little boost of, of courage or energy. We all know that's false, it's, n it's a false friend, it's not real. But I think that's where some of that comes from. There, are, there used to be comedians who'd say, I can't go on unless I've had that, that pint or a couple of pints, or people who would drink while they did their sets. And, you know, there are some who continue to, to pretend to almost, to kind of keep that mythology going, but the truth is they need to be as focused as possible. The thing is, alcohol for a comedian creates a disconnect with the audience. And it's one of the most, stand-up in particular, stand-up and improv, you're directly communicating with the audience. You are really feeding off the energy in the room. And alcohol 
it's just you and the pint. It's just you and the pint having a little chat and you miss all of this great it can, stuff, it can be which a, is all you have to deal it with. It can be a persona thing as well, can't it? Can it can be a persona yeah. thing, yeah. Dylan Moran, like Dylan Moran, for example, who's an amazing laser sharp, he has a slightly pissed persona. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he's got, and that's his stock in trade. Yeah. And you think of Dave Allen, Dave Allen with the, the whiskey. Do you know what I mean? It was such a part of his, his thing, you know, his shtick, you know? Yeah. And again, it's slightly rock starry as well. It's slightly rock yeah. starry, and it is about. I really think there is something in. It's it's dealing with fear, a lot of the time. I think it's dealing with fear, but it's it's a false form of courage, and it leaves you further down that tunnel than than you could be without. Yeah, it it, it again going back to kind of <coughs> what Dave said earlier on about the fact that like I mean that, that we associate so much to in Irish literature with drink because of certain people, whereas like I mean the vast but you, you you named you revealed off a whole lot of other people there who've nothing to do with drink. But like you know, it, I'm kind of go, I'm kind of circling, <coughs> circling back against the idea of kind of TV and film here, and like I mean that it, again it seems to be it, it seems to be like being endemic in TV and film, that the, the pub is involved in some way. Is this down to a narrative device? Or do you think it's, it, it, all of you actually, do you think it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's simply a narrative device? It's a neutral space that like, I mean, all the characters have to go into. It could be the local shop, it could be like, I mean, you know, it could be a post office, but, but, but we don't have any more post offices in any Irish town, so it has to be the pub. So it's like, is it the case that it's a neutral space, is it's a narrative device, or do you think it speaks to something else? I think it tells us that there's not enough places for people to meet and gather, you know what I mean? And, and uh, that it, often in rural parts of Ireland in particular, uh, as was just brought up, like, you know, the, basically the, the social cultural uh, centre is the local pub or the local pubs. Now, I have to say that has changed, you know, and, and coming from West Cork, like, there's a huge, when you go down there now, compared to when I was going up, there's a huge amount of different community organisations and youth clubs and everything, and I just think we need more of that, you know. And, and the other thing about the young people that I was with last night, like, it strikes me that when I was a kid, you know, people need to get loosened up, right? There's no doubt about it, right? And it's, it's another, and all, everybody does, not just artists, right? And drink helps them and stuff like that. But they didn't have much of a choice, did they? Wasn't as a, you know, now I think young people in particular, they have a lot of different things they can do. You know, my kid now is in, you know, Educate Together and they're doing mindfulness and meditation and relaxation and, you know, I mean, that was never heard of uh, in yeah. the 1980s and all that sort of stuff. So hopefully that will work and it seems to be. So, so they have more choice now, you know what I mean? They have different things to do. Uh, and of course, you know, they have different choices, they have what you might call more dangerous choices as well. Like, you know, I mean, alcohol isn't the only drug that's involved in the arts, obviously. Uh, and uh, often goes together uh, with stronger drugs like cocaine and so on if it gets to a, that kind of a level. Uh, and at that, you know, you can get away with that if you're really talented and you're young for a while, right? It always catches up with you, doesn't it? You know, and, yeah. then, and then a lot of those artists who are very talented and young and go mad on it, they're left with this choice then, am I going to you know, go down or up? You know, Here's yeah. a very particular Irish thing though, and I remember yeah. being on the periphery of that kind of world at the height of the, the Celtic Tiger sure. madness. And I do think we're probably the only culture where people took massive amounts of cocaine because it enabled them to drink longer. <laughs> you know, that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stay up pints yeah. all night. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> and yeah. and for and and yeah. particularly if you look at say like the most rock and roll again in terms of just sheer debauchment yeah. uh, is, is like traditional music circles. Sure. You know, where just in terms of the session, because in the session literally it's the drink and the music go hand in hand. You know, and you go, yeah. that's the that's the point, it's the crack. And that's the there'd be it wouldn't be a dry like this um these dry raves they're doing now at nine o'clock mm. in the morning, this notion that people can go out. And the notion that people can go out in Ireland full stop and enjoy themselves 
without drinking is still presented as and um, we went out and it was amazing yeah. and sure we didn't even did, we didn't even drink did yeah. we we didn't we had one we talked to, to, yeah, we talked to people and everything yeah, talk, yeah. And <laughs> so and so and particularly so a fuels uh, romantic liaisons a fuels conversational liaisons everything it's the currency i think it's our social yeah. currency yeah. so if you apply it to an artistic uh, prism and again because we're not the most i think it takes a lot for people to loosen up and you see amazing shame and bad weather are two terrible things we've been afflicted with in this country I think, but like again in Donegal, where I live, and it's a rural thing where essentially places go into hibernation for six months yeah. of the year sometimes. You get those dark, dark winters. What else do people do if they, you know, they, go, they disappear? Yeah. And I think also these days, a lot more people drink at home because pub culture is diffused. So people yeah. still drink, and it's a lot because, again, it's like it's a practical thing, you know? Yeah. But when it comes to the cultural thing, it is there is still a certain mystique. There's a mystique in rock and roll that will never go away. There's definitely a mystique in literature and theatre. Yeah. I think the theatre thing, it's, such a great, it's just a great arena of play. A few drinks are taken and then it all comes out. Like you look at a play like uh, Quietly, Owen McCarthy's Quietly, like recent plays as well as going back to Tom Murphy. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. always the ultimate arena of play where it comes together, the drinks are spilled, the weir, you know, it all, and then it all comes out. Then it all, because it's, because right. we're fundamentally buttoned up and so then it, all you know, it all explodes. So I think as a device, it's as much as a... It makes, you know, me, it makes me think that, like, if you remove drink from Irish arts and culture, you'd have nothing to look at or talk about. <laughs> but, you know, well, like, look at the, you know... I was going to say, go back 50 years, go back 100 years, and it's, again, it's the arena of play. But not only is it the arena of play, it's the lubricant that fuels that, you know? So, so, yeah, but then you're getting into the Irish... That's the, I, to me, it's the Irish conversation. It's like every... We have this... Uh, really ambiguous relationship with drink, but the conversation about drink, and this is what I say in the Michael Healy Ray, it brings, it brings it all, and it's the same conversation. It's the same conversation of, and the same battles we have almost with ourselves. It is, you know? and it takes, it takes focus away from the real conversation, which is about mental health, mm. which is about isolation, rural isolation, which is a really massive deal. Our terrible public transport, it takes, it takes the focus away from all of those things which are vital to the discussion. But as, as you're saying that, as you're kind of saying, talking about mental health and like mean bad rural transportation, I'm thinking like, immediately I can kind of like think from a drink advocate's perspective, oh, there's an argument to be made there, like I mean, you know, oh, drink is terrible in terms of mental health, but it helps some people. I did in terms of rural transportation. Exactly. That's why the poor old lads are being hit by all the branches on the way home from the pub. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember Arthur's Day? Like Arthur's that, that you talk about That's on the list here. You talk about it as something that happened relative. This is the thing that happened recently. Yeah. And it was basically International Guinness, or National Guinness Day. Do you know it was the most amazing piece of prog product marketing I'd ever seen in my entire life? Oh, it didn't do too well, though. I don't think. It I, did, I, think, no, I think But I went, but I went yeah. through, like I walked through Dublin, I remember on one of yeah, them. Yeah, sure. Like, just, again, passing through town. I remember, like, walking through town and going, what is going on here? It's, like, half-price drink. So, there's a real... Ex you know that expression, horse it into you? It's just literally a day of everyone just horsing it into them. And it did. It absolutely as if we was... Need, as if we needed another day to horse it into us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was... And, again, there was a whole kickback on it because of what it was promoting and what it was put out. But, actually, sure. literally, in terms of the actual tangible reaction it had on... Sure people, yeah. you know, it was, you actively just, everyone just went a little bit crazy, you know? 
And they did. They knocked it on the head, I think, for that reason. They, they knocked it on the head, but then they brought in something kind of like, this tried to bring in something a lot more nefarious, thing called Arctic Guinness Projects. It was like dressed up mm. in kind of philanthropic robes that like, you know, it, it's a way for Guinness to aid or help arts organizations around the country. You kind of competed for social media kudos, and whoever got the most social media mentions got the money. So therefore, anyone who's following I mean, any arts to be organization... Fair, on, on the artistic community, there was quite a row among us about that. Yeah, and, there know, was. A lot of I remember, yeah. go with that. But, but, yeah, but it also, it's also kind of like me brought in, brought in to kind of focus as well the relation that the way kind of like drinks companies try and interfere in that relationship oh but there's a long history like going back to you know like look at Guinness or what you call it Witness Witness was, was, was Witness was with two S's because it was sponsored by Guinness yeah. wasn't it yeah so there's a long history of sponsorship of they always like usually it was cigarette the, brands and drink brands were always able to affix themselves to whatever was, I think there was, was cool, a quite you know? an aggressive move three or four years ago uh, when they were being edged out of sports mm. and there was a what big attempt get? to associate drink with creativity, with creativity. Yeah. Yeah. it used to be associated with being a big strong hurler or mm. having a good pregnancy yeah. or you know being a well you know so there's a, there's all and I think that's really <laughs> nefarious it's really nefarious because they, they wouldn't be doing that unless they thought it was going to work mm -hmm. and, and advertising works by association it's, it's neural programming yeah, it's you know cool basically cachet. they're trying to get it into people's heads that you know and like this young fly met, you know, I can't write unless I drink, right? Uh, and, you know, we, we're in a country where, you know, we're off talk about the health crisis, quarter of the hospital beds in Ireland, right, every night of every week Carnage. of the year are taken up by alcohol-related cases, right? So, you know, there's a bit, like, do we need more Guinness in our mm -hmm. culture? We don't, I don't think, you know, mm -hmm. uh, at all. Uh, and the other problem I would have with that, and I mean, we were with quite a big row about it at the time, it was very uh, interesting because we, you know, people who were, you know, anybody who give us money, we don't have any money, we need money, mm -hmm. we don't care if it's coming from Satan and others going, no, well, you yeah. know. And that's, and yeah, and that is understandable yeah, absolutely. because it's only part of yeah, absolutely. the conversation. Yeah. Absolutely, mm. uh, and uh, I think it was quite a healthy debate we had, actually, because uh, and the Arthur's Day thing was kind of cursed from the beginning then in terms of kudos with actual artists, to be honest with you, uh, in terms of a drinking session, yeah, it worked out, but I mean, mm. they could have been drinking for motorbikes or soccer or arts or, you know, music or chicken mm. chases or two bats having a race. So, you know, I mean, yeah. just an excuse, isn't it? But it's, they still sponsor cultural events. Well, like, even like Hennessy sponsored the National Portrait. There's a lot of drink money yeah. Yeah. fueling these things. Yeah, I'd like, do you, like, you know, I'm curious, do you think that audiences see this and kind of go, mm, bad, or do audiences see that and don't even, doesn't even register anymore with them? I think it does taint it a bit. Yeah, I do. I, I think if if you're either refusing to do it or... And, you know, some people can't afford to and or they choose to or whatever it is and they'll still do it. And, yeah, I think... But I think the conversation does taint it in a way. It's sort of like it can't... You can't pretend it's this wonderful acceptance of, you know, it's wonderful marriage of culture and, and a big yeah. brand, you know. Hooray! Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> synergy of Bacardi and Arts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bacardi. Yeah, I, I think we need to be careful about drugs. Alcohol is a drug. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that artists, you know, you have a choice, you know, we can take, a, a, we, we can a, choose to be leaders on these things if we want to be, and mm -hmm. we can choose to stand out and, you know, take a stand on these sort of things. And I mean, I wouldn't like, a, you know, a RTE art shows to be sponsored by a heroin dealer, and I wouldn't like mm -hmm. to be sponsored by an alcohol dealer, you know. Actually, so, I've got a heroin deal coming up. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? So, like, and for me, you know, I, you know, that's a quite an extreme example, but if you go to St. James's on a Saturday night, you'd find, yeah. find it hard to find a doctor and tell you heroin is worse well, than no, Similarly you in know, the way yeah. that cigarette sponsorship is yeah, now yeah, yeah, verboten yeah. across the line, you know, and it's simple alcohol sponsorship, but like there's very specific sure. parameters on yeah. it. But when it comes to music festivals, you walk onto the site of something like Electric Picnic, there's 
oh, yeah. drink sponsors here. There yeah, yeah you've, got, you've got Bacardi, you've got Heineken, you've got all, they're yeah, all there. There's a monument to Bacardi yeah. in yeah. the middle and of the electric picnic, like an oasis. I don't think we can change that. Whoa, 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 well, well, hang yeah. a sec, Dave. Yeah. Like, no, that, that's, that's, so that was my next question, was like, yeah. can we change this? I, I think we can. I, I, think, yeah. I think it can be done, but you don't think, think so. Well, for me, the whole thing around the Arctic Guinness stuff as well was like, you know, and the, the road came, sure, the Hennessy are sponsoring this, and when you go to the Arctic, I said, look, just because we give, you know, 50% of the ground doesn't mean we give them the other 50%, you know what I mean? So, like, there's certain things that, what I mean is that, you know, uh, it, it, there are specific instances where you, where you take a stand. You can't really take a stand about things that happened before you were born, in fairness, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, but yes, do I think that uh, Irish culture overall benefits from, you know, a sort of a very, you know, shady, if you like, you know, background, uh, you know, untransparent uh, involvement of a big international drug dealer that happens to be legal, okay, and uh, in, in, in culture. No, I don't. Do I think that local pubs uh, play a, a positive role in culture? Yeah, responsible pubs. I mean, the bar is in Clonakilty. Uh, is you know an unofficial cultural centre. Every mm -hmm. damn good musician yeah. in the world has played mm -hmm. there, uh, and you don't see much drunks in there. I'm telling you, you know what I mean. It's very much it's a responsible bar. They're not promoting alcoholism. There's other bars in Clonakilty and everywhere else that only only make money out of alcoholism. So no, but Irish yeah. Irish pub culture, and this is what you're saying. This is like demonisation of drink. Like Irish pub culture is a is a massively rich part of Irish culture. Absolutely, like it's incredible. Yeah. It I, love the, I love the pub. You don't have to drink to have a great yeah. time. At the pub. I say but I you can drink pub. and have a great time. Yeah, it's exactly. the thing. It's, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it is, and again, because it's it's the it is the heart, you yeah. know. And just in terms of it's, and you go to any self respect, like you go to other voices, you go to all the and and the the pub is where the real where it really kicks off. Or you yeah. go to everything happens later. It is the, it has the kind of the allure of the VIP room because it's always everyone's looking for the session and the session after the session. Sure. Yeah. It's kind of where the fun when it loosens up where it can kick off. Yeah. So if we didn't have that and that's the thing it's so fundamentally but I feel like yeah. you're talking about elements of it as opposed to the conversation which is our relationship with yeah. it to begin with. Mm -hmm. And so now when I think there are alternatives for a new generation who don't drink and that, are a lot more responsible yeah. about it but at the other extremity if you go to there's like there's kids just getting as messed up as ever, if not more so, because it's being marketed to yeah. younger generations. This is what the demonize, like the alco pops of it, everyone was good, you know, but yeah. ultimately the fact is, is that you can, you can get it easier. Yeah, so and the people last get... thing we want to be as artists is giving that signal as well. Yeah. That's what I mean, you know, that if you drink, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll be a great artist. Yeah. And you it know. comes back that, to that that's thing what's been of... That's yeah. yeah. But that conversation has started, I think, and I think you're dead right, it is generational. That conversation is definitely, whereas certainly someone of my age or older might find it a, a tricky enough conversation or that there is a wall up of how could we ever change it it is starting to change yeah. the shift has begun Do it. and it's i think it'll evolve organically right just take just take note of what you just said there and what dave said, said as well about the change you know I, I'm, I'm curious i mean currently an awful lot of alcohol companies are embedded in irish culture they're like mm -hmm. they're associated with certain festivals you know there's a certain festival down in cork a jazz festival of renown that's got a, a drink sponsor all these festivals you know and like if it's changing like you just kind of like described there like you I mean like Tara and Dave, you described in terms of like people changing, not drinking, you know. That'll behove the alcohol companies to kind of like completely ramp up the marketing to like I mean totally associate like I mean you can't blow a saxophone unless you have a few pints on you. You know that's going to be the, like I mean, I'm being quite extreme and facetious here, but sure. like you know they, surely that like their answer is going to be to ramp it up and get more engaged in terms of culture. Mm. Well, the thing is, is well, if you want a conversation, is do they how badly do they need to market it to be how badly do you need to market Guinness? 
to begin with. Do you know what I mean? Because Irish culture is Guinness culture. Like, well, it's like an international ambassador for Ireland, even though it's not an Irish-owned product anymore. So if, you, if all of a sudden they couldn't... But people want the money. People want the money for all these events, so they're not going to say no to it. So as long as the companies are going to pay, there are no, you know, uh, there's no room for standards for the majority of these places that are just looking for a key. Look at the Dublin Film Festival for the last five years was Jameson. You know, they lost Jameson. They had an amazing sponsorship deal with them. You know, there's only so many Jamesons or Guinnesses. Or, so in each case, they tend to be, on a pragmatic level, the companies with budgets. Yeah. So that's where, again, whatever complex feelings can come with that mm -hmm. tend to get traded off. Up, but in the meantime, we want to have, we wanna have a festival. Yeah. Now, in terms yeah. of Witness, you had a festival that was always being built around a brand that became a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy but become this back-and-alien teenage, you know, orgy of alcoholic allegedly, excess. Allegedly. Alleged alcoholic excess, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I, but it's funny when you say it's changed. I went to the Rory Gallagher Festival uh, in Ballyshannon, which they have every year in Donegal, which is a, 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 it's an old-school Irish music festival. And it's funny because the visitors are from... It does attract people from all over the world. But at the same time, the, it is drink-fueled, drink-sodden. It's and it, like, you know, in celebration of a man who allegedly drank himself to death. Do you know that way? Like, and that's the thing. So if in that level of just rock and roll, do it like Rory, you know, like it really... And I've seen, I haven't seen anything like that in years. But like, that's something that I, I've... You know, I was just going, but this is... Because like, you talk about, say, the old failures, you know, if you're... Sure, As survivors of failure, um, <laughs> you know, what they used to be like, just in terms yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of just the, the, the basement that went hand in hand with, you know... And I still remember a moment, in, and it is a moment well, in Irish culture. Isn't that a function of how repressed Irish people were? Then? Where at That's the time, what I'm saying. You know shame, what I mean? shame yeah. and bad weather. Shame and yeah. bad weather. Yeah. But there was a moment, and it was a significant moment in Irish culture. It was 1995, mm -hmm. Fela 95, only time was ever on in Cork, mm -hmm. trip to tip, turned up 7 o'clock on a Friday evening. Um, and normally you go, and there's these massive, massive queues for, for drink, you know, and there was no cues for drink. And it was the first Irish major Irish music festival to have a dance tent, I remember. And they had dance tent, which was like a, a muddy marquee at the time. It was literally arms and legs coming out from under, because the, there was so many people there. And <laughs> there, it, was you a, stood, there was a switch to ecstasy. But it had something. From, from and, and you suddenly had that moment Corp, exactly yeah. of going, yeah. everybody drugs. in this place is on drugs. Sure. And yeah, yeah. I was just yeah. on a different drug, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I do think the culture went in yeah. that way for a while. And Definitely I think it's probably, anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think it kind of comes around to, and even people's relationship, I think people, when they're younger, might go that way, but all roads tend to lead back to drink in the kind of the, the longer scheme of things, you know? Can I just make one point, because we keep talking about these big, huge events, right? Mm. But most culture are small events. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a real fan of the, of the small, yeah. intimate event, you know? Uh, I see but Michael down there, I was, in the, I was in the new theatre a few weeks ago, uh, seeing a play, uh, and I go there quite often. That's a small place. There's a great place under. There's no, there's no drink there at all. You know what I mean? And but like, this, mm -hmm. this, this, yeah. this is very interesting. But this is very interesting point, Dave. Yeah. I, I know from kind of putting on banter events that, like, I mean, when we've tried to put on, I, mean, I know there's no bar here, but normally mm. if we, we need, to, there has to be. It's all said to me. The venue needs to have a bar. Why does it need to have a fucking bar? It's like because then people won't go out. This is kind of going back to what you said earlier on, like Derek, about like people have this kind of like, why aren't you drinking? It's like why isn't there a bar there? Yeah. Mm. Well, I think some of that, though, is, and like Derek was saying, you can also go to the pub and have, you know, this, this drink alcohol responsibly, which is such a ridiculous statement at the end. Enjoy of the arts responsibly. Enjoy alcohol responsibly. Arts responsibly. You just, it, like, I mean, it, 
some people want to have, they want when they go out, when they leave their houses at all, because the money is hard earned and, and very, you know, sometimes very rarely spent, they want the full night. Sure. And so there might be a drink involved in that. So I can sort of see that they're not thinking about drinking the whole way through the show. They might have a drink at the interval and then they run for their bus at the end. That tends to be the pattern for theatre drinking. So, um, so, but I can see, I can see that and someone just going, you know, I, I, it's my whole night out for the week or the month mm -hmm. and that that they would miss their drink there. So I, but that it's not necessarily about the drink itself, yeah. but the, again, back to ritual, I suppose, which is how a lot of drinking happens. It's not, some of it's not about alcohol. It's about habit. It's about, you know, drink, the, the drink with that friend, whatever it is. So I can understand that. But you're right, you shouldn't need a drink to, to watch a movie or theatre yeah. or whatever. I think some people just want a full night. They want the night out. But we, I met you at Vicar Street uh, recently and the manager was complaining about people drinking during the gigs. You know, he's saying he's just fed up. If you go to a gig and you just want to sit down and there's an amazing show on, I've seen amazing shows in places like Vicar Street and there's still people who can't actually... That constant stream of people who yeah, are yeah. just getting stuck in. I think anyone who's been to it's any really Irish irritating. show, and you're just chitting, particularly somewhere like Vicar Street, which is a kind of a sit down, take it all in, and there's streams and lines of people. I've been to like spoken word shows, and there's the always oh, your man with a six pints, you know, doing the. <laughs> and, and then, you know. and then you're, you're sort of fighting the venues. Like even in, I, I did a. I, this is the weirdest thing that ever possibly happened to me. I was doing a show in Rome. Actually, I was doing a, a musical comedy show. It was my own show. It was an hour long, and the venue. I did just did two nights of it. And the venue said the first night, because it was just an hour, and the venue said to me, can you put an interval in? And I said, well, be at a very strange place, because it'll only be a half hour, and then, you know, another half hour. He went, no, we have to, we have to sell drinks at the interval. We have to, we have to. And I thought, wow, so it's not just an Irish thing. This is, this is them trying to shift, you know, to get Euros in. Yeah, but was, there's a big difference now between that and Fela. Yes, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, you know, there's, there's an awful lot of events yeah. where you don't have, it's not the central thing, is not getting absolutely yeah. out of your tree. You exactly, know what I mean? yeah. true. And most but, cultures like that, and most cultures are small. People, people always yeah, have yeah. that conversation, though. Yeah. Oh, I was in Barcelona, and it was one o'clock in the morning, there was people in cafes. And they weren't drunk, you know, and so and it, it yeah. is always presented as a kind of a shocking thing, yeah. like a mainstream alternative, yeah. you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, as opposed yeah. to that, Definitely. you know. Let's, 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 let's kind of like round, round back to something that we, 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 talk, we talked about earlier on, you all kind of like dismiss it pretty quickly, which is basically like, I mean, that, that just that role of alcohol when it comes to the actual, the work that's been produced. And mm. I, I want to kind of come back to this because they, I didn't get a satisfactory answer. I'm never happy to not get a satisfactory answer. And it's like, you know, do we think it's going to change? Like, I mean, you're talking there about that generational shift, the fact that, like, I mean, people are drinking less and less. Like, you've got that kind of split, half people won't drink, half people will drink, fine. So is this going to reflect in the work? I mean, are we going to see in the theatre of the future there'll be less and less bars, there'll be less and less kind of, like, emphasis on, on, on drinking? Or has this become these Irish standards, like the shit relationship between the son and his father, that you're always going to have something involved in drinking Irish works? I know that definitely, for, in my own work, anything, anything I'm writing now where I'm writing about alcohol, I used to make tons of assumptions, and I just used to throw it down as a people will meet in the pub, a generalisation. And I always question it now. I can definitely, I've definitely felt that happen in things I'm reading or things I want to write myself. I'm, I definitely question it every single time I write about it now. Uh, I think the pub, as we've all said, is a very useful crossing device. It's a useful place for people to meet. But I wonder, I do think that the next generation will not, not assume or generalize and plonk everyone in the pub. There may be more 
morning raves. There, you know, <laughs> let's see what the conversations are like there. But it's an incredibly rich time as well for like Irish literature is on fire at the moment. There's so many amazing writers who are all Young writing different stuff styles. Is absolutely yeah. on fire. Um, similarly with theatre, there's a, like a really interesting newer wave of uh, who have deconstructed what theatre is. Never mind the uh, locations are so. So they just don't. Ha- on the other hand. Roddy Doyle's about to do, the Abbey are about to do a tour of Roddy Doyle's pub conversations, and I think they're doing a tour of pubs Two around points. Ireland, you know, but again, I think it's a generational thing, I think he's of that generation, and I think there's still, as well, there's still an appetite for it, you know, pubs pub are great for this, but on the show, if you get the right road, like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, that kind yeah. of, that kind of work, yeah. you know, but so, again, it's not, it's not the electric picnic, it's not Bacardi, you know what I mean, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But there is, I think, the, like the, in the end, as Irish, and, I, and you, I'm begin, you begin to feel it now, I even see it on this, uh, you know, Crinu Day, you know, if you look at the bill of the day, it's really eclectic and properly multicultural, probably in a way that an event like this couldn't have been 10 years ago. So I think as the culture evolves and as in a really healthy, we become, we stop being such a painfully, the white country that we've been for such a long time, like that in itself is going to send Irish culture and Irish you know, habits in all sorts of really interesting directions. I think this insane restaurant culture that we have, which was, which was never the way it was, is actually an alternative in itself to donuts. Pub, donuts. pub culture. It's all donuts. And now. then the donuts. Donuts, yeah. 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 How many all donut shops are there in Dublin? But, you know, those people yeah. are dealing, dealing donuts. That, you know, <laughs> Powdered a, sugar. It is a problem. It is a problem, the show. Yeah, we're just going to get fat. Are the barbers. Barber culture. Yeah, it's barber. all it's it's meat in there now. Okay, so that's, yeah. that's, 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 two, that's two topics for printing next year. Yeah. Ireland's problems with donuts and Ireland's problems with barbershops. Barbers are a really multicultural thing. I mean, so, so, some new culture spend an awful lot of time in the barbershops. Yep, yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. As someone, as someone though, who finds yeah. as someone who finds hair ridiculous, I just I don't see the. Okay, before we kind of get trapped in a kind of a donut barber kind of world, I just want to see if any questions from the audience because we've covered a lot of ground, but also where the topic was very, very broad. So if anyone's got any specific questions, put your hand up and we'll get you. No? All quiet. Oh, gentlemen, front row. I'll get you in a second. There was one thing, there was one thing I, 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 I would like to say. You're very much referring to the fact that uh, the, if you like, the drink culture. You were talking about that being from, from the past generation. Almost like uh, related to actors. Uh, Writers. The culture of people who involved in culture. That seems to use, you, you seem to represent that as just a group of people who are no longer with us. Yeah, I mean, I tell you, like, I, I spend a little bit of time in Anna McCarrig, which people go down to, you know, it's, a, it's an artist retreat. Uh, and I've been there three times, and every time I've met her, I've met a kind of a senior artist, somebody who'd be kind of aced on, a little bit older, that type of thing, maybe 65, maybe 70. And a lot of their conversation is about the mad drinking sessions they used to have 30 years ago. Right, uh, and it's uh, and that was very much a part of being an artist back then, where it really isn't now. You know, none of my mates who are all very productive artists, you know, uh, none of them, I, not, hardly any of them even drink. You know what I mean? Like it's just not part of the culture now, in the way that it th- that it used to be. It really was a big thing up until the 80s and 90s. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I think it just started to fade off then for a ver- variety of reasons. The drunk as a heroic figure mm. lost the aura about lost the mid 90s, as you're saying. And it keeps getting it's de-romanticized. Uh, we've talked about Brendan Bean, you know, uh, God rest his soul. I mean, Brendan wrote one play himself, 
and a couple of poems. The rest of them were put together by other people out of his notebooks. Uh, and uh, he only wrote that in prison when he was drunk, you know. And people, you know, when he wasn't able to get drink, do you understand? Mm -hmm. So, uh, like, you can't get away with writing one play now. You know what I mean? Like, he could live on that for five or six years. You have to write a play a year now or a play every two years or put out a book every two I or three years. The so the whole business yeah. has changed now. It's not yeah. 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 So it's not just people who are no longer with us, but yeah. even people who have been in the business for yeah. 50 years, yeah. they would probably have changed, most have changed their attitude to it. They wouldn't drink now while they work. Mo most, and that seems to be the general yeah. tendency. Because we've deadlines now. They came in in Ireland around the same time as sex, I think. About <laughs> 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 the, 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 the shame when yeah, the deadlines yeah, yeah, come yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then there was the deadlines dead for sex. Things like yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, We didn't yeah. have them for a long time, I don't cool. think. Cool. Question here from lady in, the, lady in the middle row. Yep, yourself. Absolutely. I do think we did touch on that, absolutely. Mm. I think you're right. Drinks, alternative drinks. When you go to formal functions in countries that are largely wine-producing countries and you get good alternatives. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. that's, a very good that's a very good point. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's still, you know, a lack of Yeah. You're right. It's hard to find a good non-alcoholic yeah, beer. They yeah. do exist, but it's hard but to find them. It's, it's drink, also a situation where publicans also jack up the price like, yeah. like no one's business when it comes to soft drinks. Absolutely. Yeah. But drink culture, it's like you're saying how it relates to work. We still are probably the only culture in the world where to be hung over is a legitimate excuse for not <laughs> oh turning up God. and work. He's lies, oh, you wouldn't believe it. Oh, you won't be in today. He won't be in today. Wait and see. And then you turn up and it's a joke or it's still... So Irish culture to me is still... Alcohol culture, you know, it's the mainstream. So we're talking about it through a kind of an arts prism. But in terms of, you're saying, in terms of teenagers drinking themselves to death, which is probably and more as prevalent, not more prevalent than and ever. Binge drinking has become yeah a huge a problem. Very particular thing and, for teens. And yeah, and it's it is, but it is Irish culture, and it is an incredibly loaded. And that's why I would bring in the. Yeah, but it's the, I mean, it's the day-to-day -day, -day culture of our lives. It so infuses every single aspect of, I think, Irish living. Yep. It's such a complicated. Yep. And we have such a really uh, dysfunctional relationship with it. And that's where I'm saying even that reflexive defensiveness that we have that people don't even necessarily want to have the discussion, you know? Right. Last, uh, last question. The gentleman in the front row, would you use your hand up there? Gentleman? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Ah, Jesus. Um, no. And the question I have in relation to... Smokeness. Smokeness about... Uh, Jack Healy Ray. 
as a Muslim. And, I mean, he would have a section of Irish society who would support his point of view and his opinion. And it just reminds me of uh, the kind of reaction you also hear about the population who voted in Brexit in England and voted for Donald Trump in America, who are a sizable proportion of their populations. And yet you have academics, intellectuals, people who read books, in fact, on a large scale. People who read books. <laughs> yeah, there are people who don't. Um, I, I can't stand as the culture. You can that population of people to idiocy or not be well informed or educated. Oh. And, you know, that kind of thing. Like you would. Yeah, well, okay, first, just well, just, I, I, just, I, I well, just, just yeah. a matter just a matter of record. He didn't be first Jackie Heatray, because that was a father and he's now dead. It was Michael Heatray, his son, just to, just to make that point. Mm. So um, then the second point, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't detect any notice of smugness at all, but that's mm. me, you know. I, I, I'd like to say, like, I, I'm from rural Ireland. That's where I grew up. The reason I mentioned mental health, rural isolation, and the terrible public transport is because I see it and I recognise it. So we're not, I, I didn't certainly get smugness from people that no. you're maybe making an assumption haven't got a connection with rural Ireland or haven't experienced it ourselves. Yeah, but okay, can I make, mm. can I make the distinction then? I think why someone might call someone like that a buffoon is because drink driving is, kills people is, yeah. and it's incredibly irresponsible and mm -hmm. it is a buffoonish thing for yeah. that politician to I advocate it's, for. It's dangerous, he yeah. should, If he wants to deal with people who are isolated, people whose mm. mental health is affected by that isolation, and finding them a social life. He needs to deal with public transport. He needs to talk about that, not about letting them have drinks mm. and then drive. That's why it's buffoonish. I and just I don't the, think mm. it's smug. And just on the, mm. on the other point you made about, like, I mean, populism, you know what I mean? And, like, I'm just thinking about that, you know, and you're, you're kind of saying it's like, well, you're kind of dismissing a constituency who voted for, like, you know, I, I, I know you are, but I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm pretty sure there's people who voted for Trump and who voted for Brexit who absolutely <laughs> abhor alcohol, who actually are totally against drunk driving, who are totally against, kind of like, I mean, the, the, the presence of alcohol in culture as well. It's not black and white. It's, it's definitely no. not black and white. And like, there's no way I'm dismissing that particular constituency because I'm fairly sure there's like many people in this room who would have voted for Trump or, Bre or for Brexit in their own way who are also against alcohol. It's not black and white. It can't be. You can't, you can't come up with that. I wasn't connected. Yeah, the alcohol. Yeah, can I come here? I mean, I, I actually don't think uh, Trump is a buffoon. I don't think the people who voted for Brexit for buffoon. I think there's very mm -hmm. complicated reasons why they did. Some of them are good reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, the EU is, you know, in my, in my opinion, not, not the great shiny thing that a lot of people make it make it out to be. I don't think the solution to, uh, to those problems are the problems being proposed by Trump, uh, which are racist uh, solutions, uh, sexist solutions, homophobic solutions. Mm. Uh, he just dropped the mother of all bombs on, on you know, on, on a peasant uh, country uh, last week. So, I mean, uh, the problems that people kind of rose up about, you know, and I agree with you uh, in the sense like that, uh, you know, there is a sense. I, I don't think the liberal establishment understands people, right? I don't think the D4 uh, current affairs operation in RTE has any interest in understanding people or analyzing mm -hmm. people. And, you know, I'd say most of the country, you know, you know, obviously thinks that as well, right? But I think that we do have a, 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 a responsibility you know, as, you know, rational people, that mm -hmm. yes, we have to have an alternative to, you know, the, the dominance of the small, tiny minority yep. of people of everything, mm -hmm. uh, but it's not going to be brought about by the Trumps and the, and the what's, his, what's his name, Farage and, and, and Geert Wilder and Marina Plain, who are worse 
worse than the thing they're fighting against, right? And we have mm. to understand that. Now, I have a lot of, I'm, I'm from West Cork and I'm from Tralee as well and kind of half split between them. All my relations think, uh, <laughs> think your man is a buffoon, right? Mm -hmm. And an awful lot of people in Kerry think he's a buffoon uh, and so on and so forth. I don't think he's a buffoon. I think he's a very smart politician and I think believing that he's a buffoon is a way of losing against people like that and we've got to be smart enough to stand up against <laughs> him. And I agree with you. I think there's, a, there's often a... For me, it frustrates me a tang of, 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 you know, really, and I think it's partly to do with budget. I mean, I worked with the poetry program for a couple of years. We were continuously told we had no money to go down to the country to cover anything going on, except in Dublin. So, yeah, I, I can see it coming across like that, to be honest with you. Yeah. But the smugglers wasn't a personal. Hmm. Sure. It's got to do with Dublin versus the rest of the country. But I kind of said, would. And, for instance, you're talking about a cultural change that you see. I'd be down with the Willie Clancy, you know, I go there every year and there's a week there and some people go to the pub, but most people don't go to the pub because they're teachers and they're teaching people how to play the fiddle, so you can do the two things at the same time. Next week. I, I have to go against this association between the traditional Irish music <laughs> and alcohol. There's an awful lot of sober people involved in traditional Irish music. A cult is called Tory Aaron is one of the soberest organisations in the country and one of the best. And, you know, I mean, I know we can associate it with sessions, which is a huge mm. amount of surprise. My daughter's learning the accordion now and tells it's nothing to do with drinking alcohol. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But I would say... Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Sligo there. Next weekend in Sligo for the fourth year in a row is going to be a festival called the Shore Shots Festival. It's a surf and film festival. And basically over the course of the weekend, banter will be there. We'll be there, two, we'll be there for two days doing talks. Loads of talks, loads of film screenings, loads of surfing, loads of meditation, loads mm. of yoga. Very little pubs involved. You know, it's possible. It's possible. When you talk about so. a generational thing as well, yeah. you're saying your daughter's learned the accordion. I have a 15-year-old and a 20-year-old and it's in terms of the two of them, the options are there, the same options that were always there. And again, they've grown up in rural. But he's right that Donegal. they're more in Dublin now. I live in Greystones and the A to Z of things you could want to yeah. do. Every, you could do whatever you, you want there if you have the money. Right? But what I'm saying is that Not even in, 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 in Donegal, yeah. there are less options. Yeah, yeah, in Donegal, a lot of cases, yeah. there's nothing to do. But at the same time, they have a, a window into the world because they've access to the web, they've access to so many things that they didn't have otherwise. You know, So there may not seem like they have the... Their worlds are bigger and their options are more, yeah. and I think teenagers and young people, they often get a, like a really bad rap, which is always the case, the demonization of young people. Like, I think the, the ones who are coming up at the moment are incredibly smart, and I think there are options, and I think they're going in really interesting directions, you know? So when you say, just that I would like to qualify the, the, about Michael Healy Ray, like, I don't know if buffoon is the correct word, but I do think that's a really dangerous, this is a very serious conversation in terms of what I do think that. Gombean, I think, is the correct word. I think that's what Liam O'Flaherty, our greatest writer, I do think it's a really serious conversation. So when it comes to this, and I do think this is actually, this is like a little tiny little prism to have the Irish conversation, is our profoundly dysfunctional relationship to drink. So it's not that I look to our elected uh, representatives to be in any way <laughs> lucid, coherent, and or responsible when discussing anything of any uh, importance, because in a lot of cases, there's a lot of vested interests being brought to the table. In his case, he's a publican. 
you know, so he's not going to go, you know, on the side. I don't think anyone should drink, you know, yeah. he's thinking of closing okay. down the pub. But I do think we should be careful of language because people are sensitive down in the countryside, you know. I mean, if I called Conal Kilty a village and said, my mother <laughs> would absolutely, absolutely kill me. So they are sensitive and maybe they're right about it. But okay. the thing yeah. is, and also, <laughs> I, I, just to, to bring in what that lady said and, 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 and what this gentleman, like, I mean, no one up here is saying, like, our prism today was meant to be through the arts. Mm, sure. we were, that, was, that was our focus of the discussion. Um, I think advocating for drink, drink driving is really dangerous and irresponsible. And I would, I would say someone, I would proudly say someone was a buffoon to advocate for mm. it as he is. When there are real things to be addressed about all sure. the things that, that that's masking. And that also, he's in, not in, in terms of Dublin versus the rest of the country, when it comes to drink, it's almost like the great equaliser. The same problems are there. There may seem more pronounced and more prevalent yeah. in small rural communities, but Jesus, there's a massive, you know, and no one's saying aren't still drinking. It's yeah. clear they are. And one of the reasons it's so hard to, to extricate the festivals from all those sponsorships is because people are still drinking in their drinks. And maybe it's just now there's suggestions of alternatives. For, we are talking about fringe activities here. You know, no matter what we're talking about, I think about, the fringe still... activities add up to something significant. I don't think yeah. we've researched those enough, to be mm. honest with you. Okay. Uh, I so I, I, like, I look at the amount of vi online video that's been watched now there's nothing to do with RT, and I'm starting to add it up and go, well, there's as many people watching this as listening to Mary McAllen. You know what I mean? So I think things are massively changing, except it's added up in undergone culture and yeah. modern one yeah. big thing. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the culture yeah. is fragmented, and that's, the, that's where the yeah, interesting yeah. stuff is yeah, going to yeah, happen. Yeah. I, you know? I think we need to research that more. I don't, okay. I mean, it's hard Shin, to, yeah. That's it. We've run over time. So like, big, big thanks to Tara, to Derek, and to Dave, and thank you all as well for showing up as well for this to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to Derek, Tyra and Dave for joining us at Crinu, and thanks to Zoe, Penny, Rachel and all at Crinu and Dublin Castle for their help with this. This podcast was recorded by Laszlo Volek and the Bantercast series produced with Tanya White. Check out thisisbanter.com for news we're up to at Banter, plus you can also listen back there to all the Banter podcasts to date. We'll be back next week with another podcast. Until then, goodbye and take care.